The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. And it's a little bit different this week. We're throwing you a curveball. We're going to actually have an interview in the second half. We're going to do something different. We just didn't want to do three halves. We don't really have (laughs) enough information, uh, enough questions probably to do a full podcast. So we're going to throw in a Chris Kleiman interview as I sat down with him. We all sat down with him, but we're sharing in the podcast. My discussion with Coach Kleiman with questions provided by Mr. Ryan Wallace, our recruiting analyst, editor, whiz, whatever you want to call him. Hey, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. I'm Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson alongside here in the uh, WTC gig-powered studios, and we're glad you're along with us as summer approaches. It's finals week, isn't it? Yeah. Finals week on campus. It's kind of quiet around here. And soon. Around the, here? You like yeah, Manhattan? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I, was, <laughs> I was driving to school. I was driving to school. Driving to work. And there was just like no one. I thought you meant the office. I'm like, we don't have any students here. <laughs> um, and then uh, next week we get rid of them. And I'll be gone. But Yeah. And we get rid of Fitz, too. It's great. I know. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks as my wife and I take a little break to celebrate our anniversary. I'll come back with an all-over body tan. That sounds nice. I always think of the David Ortiz. Uh, it was on Vine back when he said, this is our city. Ain't nobody going to come around and dictate our freedom. <laughs> That's what I think about when the students leave town. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what's going to happen on Sunday night, don't you? Uh, the Game of Thrones will come to a conclusion. How are you going to watch? <laughs> We're not going to watch it while it takes place uh, because my wife and I will actually be on a flight from one island to another in Hawaii at that exact moment. So you think you're going to be able to avoid any spoilers the whole time? Uh, that's the problem. I've been really good about staying off Twitter. We don't watch it at 8. Usually we watch it after 9 or 10. So I have to stay off Twitter for a brief period of time. It's not easy for me. It's really not. Um, but yeah, I, we're well. We'll be on a plane, and then we'll be checking into a hotel and get a rental car. So hotel. probably one of the first things we do when we get into our our room will be welcome to Hawaii. Watch Game of Thrones. Oh, this will be after four days in Honolulu. Then we switch over to the Big Island. Uh, if you're in town and you want to have a party for the conclusion of the Game of Thrones, drop by the fridge. They have a selection of Game of Thrones wine. That I, did not, that I did not, I guess, now that I think about it, my wife has one, but I didn't think about them having it. If you're looking for the Johnny Walker White Walker, they're out, oh. unfortunately. They have no more of the special Scotch White Walker, which is kind of reminds me of uh, Jason Walker, uh, <laughs> our former colleague. He is a White Walker. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is, except he does tan quite well, that bastard. Here we go. Well, we've got some great questions. I assume I assume people didn't mail it in this week. 
Yeah, that's okay. good. Okay, here we go. Zach Carlson. Are you accusing MC. our subscribers of mailing it in? I'm accusing them of... Uh, Licking the stamp? Of uh, having uh, other things to do as the weather warms up than send us questions. That's but fair. They like, go purchased. outside and listen to us and do yard work? Um, yeah, do that. Yeah. I, I listen to Southern Rock or something, but, you know, if they want to listen to us, that's that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to have a podcast next week. We're, we'll talk about that. I won't be here. Maybe you guys will figure it out. Maybe I'll do one from Hawaii. Maybe you bring. I don't me think in. people would appreciate you doing that. Okay. Fitz, what do you think? I'm on a beach. <laughs> I know what you want to say. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's move on with this week's podcast. Here are your questions from Wabash Station. From Powercat Ryan, of the two grad transfer running backs that have signed, which one of you guys peg as the starter? How will they split snaps? <sighs> gotta be Brown, right? Um, Gilbert's gotta lead on him, doesn't he? But you don't go, you don't go at him if you're not gonna try to start him. I I think it's gonna be a duel. I I don't think there's somebody has to start though. You know. I think they're going to really battle it out, and some will emerge. I'm going to say Gilbert if you're going Brown. I I just think his experience in the system is going to give him a little bit of lead, at least for the first game. We'll see if he can catch up. Maybe he can. Maybe, uh, But this is a running back-driven offense, and um, it seemed a likely, a logical fit for him to transfer in from North Carolina. I, I just want to think about it. I feel like if you wanted to do an alternating uh, carry type thing, you know, start Gilbert, you can give it to Trotter, you can give it to Burns, you can give it to any of the incoming freshmen and be the second option. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, you would have been okay with it. I got not, not happy, but you could have been like, okay, well, we'll manage this year. And then, but they didn't necessarily think strongly enough about maybe a Trotter or a Burns or anybody like mm-hmm. that. And, and that's why they went out and, and got Brown. And so that, I guess that's where my line of thinking before it is, is that they they needed somebody to be the main guy to make Gilbert the number two. My thought is Gilbert and Brown will be the two main guys. One of the freshmen will slide in there with some playing time, and so will Harry Trotter, and that'll kind of be their rotation. Shoot, you could play all the freshmen, get them four games, and <laughs> rotate them through. Rotate I mean, through. really. Well, it was interesting in our discussions with uh, Coach Kleiman on Monday. He brought up the fact that running backs are ideal for special teams. So I think he's aware of some issues maybe on special teams and the depth there. And, and the freshmen just won't play running back, though. If they play them, they'll go ahead and put them on special teams. We'll see how he does it. And, but they did obviously feel like came out of spring that they needed more help at running back, and they didn't want to rely on too much from freshmen. So they went and got another experienced senior grad transfer. Very intriguing. Two senior grad transfers, same position, which means they'll be up and gone after one year, and then there you go. The freshman better be ready. From Jay Bulland 08, first post ever. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome I could, to the site. Welcome to the site, yeah. Uh, I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of people are overlooking Skylar Thompson for this upcoming year. Even in this run-oriented offense, do you think he has a chance to be a close to an all-Big 12 performer? I mean, I think they're overlooking him because he hasn't done a whole lot, yeah. you know, in terms of, of a full year. He's had some moments. He's had some games. But they haven't seen him in a 12-game situation where he's not looking over his shoulder and he can he's playing for a coaching staff that he clicks better with. So 
I'm half agreeing with him and half disagreeing with him um, because I think it's I I think it's probably fair to be a little skeptical of Skylar Thompson coming into this year just because of all the uncertainty. But I am very I'm very much in his camp at the same time that I think Skylar is going to thrive now. All Big 12, you've got Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. You've got Sam Ellinger at Texas. I mean, I think there's probably quarterbacks that are going to end up having you know probably better numbers and better success, and therefore they're going to take the all-conference spots. But I think Skyler's going to have a really good year. Yeah, I, I don't want to put that pressure on him that I expect him to play at that level. But if he can stay healthy, I expect him to be pretty good. And I think he's just a kid that is going to flourish in this offense and, and flourish with knowing that he's securely the number one guy. From ContraCat, what will it take to adapt these kids to new coaches and styles? Have they shifted noticeably in what players are doing? Uh, I mean, it, it's time. you got to have time around them. you got to be comfortable with them and and I think that they I think that they got that really quick almost like scary quick yeah um and I think that goes to speak to just how different the old staff was and and how maybe they were lacking in certain things you know Fritch's story today says a lot caring about the player and not just treat him as a football player you know they're they're people um I think they've adjusted in that department and I think and you know strength and conditioning and and We've seen we've seen Wyatt Hubert become a man after well he's like a gladiator now he was a man now he's a gladiator um, I think you're seeing these guys get bigger and stronger that maybe I don't know what numbers they were at last year but like last week they were all tweeting out their their new lift numbers and like Devin Ankle squatted like 600 wasn't it or was it 500 so, I think it might have been 500 but it was like a new record for yeah a for the punter they're all getting into the thousand pound club which is you know three lifts combine them a thousand pounds I mean they're lifting a lot of weight right now and and they're getting a little bit meatier um dudes I guess once again which is which is a positive sign here's the thing is um, for whatever you want to say about how the old program was run coach fired Coach Snyder held those players to task, and there was a little bit of fear of Coach Snyder and Sean Snyder. Now, that's not always good, but as we head into the summer, and more of this will be self-directed, personal responsibility to take care of business, get the workouts, get your stuff done. I mean, uh, granted, Chris Dawson, there's plenty there to fear um, as uh, yeah. strength and conditioning coach. But uh, now we're going to see if this buddy-buddy approach, um, it's, it's, that's maybe not quite what I want to say. This this more uh, happy-go-lucky, you know, take care of your stuff. Everything's good. Let's go do stuff. Let's say hey, go rah-rah team. If that turns into, ah, he won't be mad if I don't show up. I don't think it will. I think they... I think they have great respect for this coaching staff, and they'll show up. But uh, this is really when you win games. You can talk about practice in the fall all you want. But this summer provides teams an opportunity to get bigger, stronger, faster, in notable ways. Uh, and we'll see if Kansas State can do it. From Cat in a Trap. Is that another new one? Nah, he's yeah, he's been around. Okay. Well, Just not a whole lot. I like the name. It's a good one. It's a really it's like good cat one. in a hat. Zach, it's a, it's a play on words. It's called a pun, actually. Uh, Yes, that too. Uh, Does the K-State fan base have unrealistic expectations for recruiting for the new football staff? Uh, I don't think they hear anyone clamoring they want five stars. 
and all four stars. I mean, I, I think they just they want it to be better. And I think we all kept saying, you know, for two years, two, three years, we said, eh, this K-State staff doesn't recruit. They don't recruit in season. They don't recruit a whole lot out of season when it was Bill Snyder and them. And so we kept saying, you know, new staff comes in, they're going to recruit a lot more, and they're probably going to do a lot better. And we know kind of how the 2020 kids started off recently, and, and I think that sent people into panic a little bit. And now they're, quote, unquote, not meeting expectations, which – I disagree with. I think they are. I think they're doing just fine right now. So I think we're just everybody's just in this awkward in between. What do we expect? Now we have coaches that are out here recruiting, so that should work. Well, no, it's not. It's not always going to bounce your way. You got to find the the middle of all that. Well, it's it's intriguing to me. Coach Kleiman mentioned this on Monday when we talked to him. He said we've got ten guys on the road right now. And that's not something that was, has been done here at Kansas State. He didn't mean it as a shot, but it, it's 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 factual. I mean, it's you can have ten coaches out on the trail. One is generally the head coach, but that never happened. Uh, um, and they never put the tenth guy out there. They rarely had their full complement of nine guys that they would put out at the same time. So they're working harder at it. They're a little bit more organized. They're more out there around the country in unique places, as Ryan Wallace chronicled with his heat map, which was incredible content. L.A., Chicago, you know, just into some other areas that they really haven't been into, and we'll see if it pays off. They certainly are, are you know, working the fields, looking for all the, the prospects out there. From KSU Cat 80, if Bill Snyder gave advice to Coach Kleiman, what advice would Coach Snyder give to you that you would want Coach Kleiman to follow? Don't retire. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, You're asking me to get inside of Bill Snyder's head. Yeah, know? but, you know, that's the reason I don't think I can answer is, is I think all the things that Coach Snyder would tell him, he already does. Yeah. There's some real similarities with the – the effort to be consistent um, and how they do things and hold people accountable. You know, the, some of the things that Chris Kleiman says really sound Bill Snyder esque in, in a more contemporary setting. He kind of is like going about it differently, but the goals are the same. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would really would. In fact, he mentions they don't really discuss things. So we'll, we'll see. I think Coach Snyder is being very hands off right now. His advice isn't going to be, hey, when you play Oklahoma, the, they do this and, and be on the lookout for, you know, it's not going to be a strategic advice that he would give him. He would give him, you know, stay true to yourself, work hard, you know, the, the basics, the cliches, maybe some extra pizzazz on top of those sentences. But they're going to be more big picture advice. And, and like Fitz said, he does it already. He's very He's very hardworking. He knows how to get the job done, clearly. Um, staring at 90 rings in his office yesterday. That was a lot of display. He had, like, he had one case of all the rings. And then he had another case of the five-peat, and I'm just like, there are so many rings in here. I know. That's impressive. But, that, yeah, so, so I anyways. I stole them. You stole them? I stole them. I wanted to take the Wheaties box, but it was kind of on a top shelf, and I'm a little short. <laughs> Riley, get off the desk. Riley, get off the desk. I, I, I think if 
he gave him uh, any advice, it would say, if you enjoy Taco Bell, don't mention it publicly. <laughs> they uh, will look for you. Yeah, they will. Everyone will talk about you loving Taco Bell. <laughs> From BK Big Fish eighty one, Coach Snyder has made some public speaking appearances, but he has he taken questions or been asked about his retirement? Still, no comment from him seems a little strange. I gotta be honest, I didn't. I saw someone at KSDB or the Collegian or whatever the. I saw they had him on. I don't know if they asked about it because I didn't. I didn't listen to it. Um, he hasn't been asked in, in a public setting where the comment has gotten out, and I have a feeling if he said anything that gets to a point where it's, uh, you know, big news, he says something that's that needs to be out there, we would have heard about it. It would have gotten out. So I, I don't think he said anything. It's been five months. It's been five months. Something We've been letting things settle a little bit, and we'll, we'll get back to him. We, yeah. We're not going to just ignore What's out there? We'll eventually ask to sit down and talk to him. It just it wouldn't have made a lot of sense to push for it in February and March because a lot was going on with the current staff. Um, you know, kind of knowing what we know about it, you probably wanted to, like Fitz said, let the dust settle. Um, so yeah, give it give it a little bit of time, see what we can get. Who knows? I'll ask him how he feels about Chris Kleiman's plan to completely trash his uniforms and go with. Uh, Teal as an optional color. Yes, just North Dakota State uniforms. Yeah, just just he's gonna. He had a lot of luck with the green and gold. So he's same just font and everything. Just replacing everything. <laughs> it's gonna be literally North Dakota State in Manhattan. Well, the Missouri Valley patch too. Of course. <laughs> From infected testicle. Did you think alternate uniforms are a good idea? What should they look like? If so, yeah, they're a good idea. A, they're fun, and B, they help. They don't help you on the field. They help you on the recruiting trail. But you don't got to be over the top about it. You just got to get something different out there. And and it's clear that, you know, that's what Chris Kleiman said. I, I don't want anything radical. I, I don't. I I want a, a look. You stick with it. But maybe you have white pants. Maybe you have a white helmet. Maybe you have a purple helmet. Uh, you know, I'm kind of mixed on the black helmet. Uh, I, I, I don't think I would do black with silver or white power cat. I'd probably incorporate purple in there somehow maybe stroke it put an outline in white around it so it pop off but i don't know it i think it's a helmet change coming i think they're going to have an alternate helmet or two uh because he mentioned the uniforms take a while to redo they can't redo it instantly i, I assume that means pants although it would seem logical those would be easier to change we want the exact same thing just white instead of you know, same piping, same power cat, every, you know, whatever you have on the, the pants, just make them white. But I suspect it'll be a helmet because the helmets come as blanks and then they put the stuff on them. I have always been a advocate for uh, the white, the all-white uniform, a white helmet with purple power cat, a white jersey with purple numbers, white pants, white shoes, white socks, everything. So I like the all-whites. Um yeah, uh, I I've seen the lavenders floating around in football form. Number one, if you're gonna do the lavenders and you're gonna try to make them like the basketball uniforms, it's hideous. Don't do it. It's not good at all. It's it's not. It doesn't look good in basketball, but it's about the tradition. Right. And there's no tradition with wearing lavenders in football. However, if you got a lavender jersey with a white pants, I think that's what someone made and. Uh, Purple, was it the white helmet or was it a purple helmet? I forget, but 
It didn't look half bad. I will. I do. I don't think we'll see lavender. I. I I think think they'll stick to the core colors. I like the current uniforms now, and until they actually release something, I don't really care about thinking about it. I'm sick of seeing Photoshop dreams of (laughs) of what people want. Like, ooh, this would look cool, and I'm just like. Also, the photo and and credit to to it's Mike Stanley. I'm looking at his Twitter page. He does all the. The editing and puts out the different jerseys. He's really good at it. And credit to him, and I don't want to take away from his ability. Everything he's doing is not, it's not going to, even if they said, all right, we'll take this one from his Twitter and we'll, it's not going to look the same. It's going to be just a little bit different. You know, you can't exactly replicate the exact same thing onto a real jersey. It just, it doesn't work like that. But he has has some good, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. I I knew I was going to find it eventually. It's the lavender. Jersey, dark purple numbers. There's a white helmet, a okay. purple power cap. I gotta admit, I like it. That would be does fun. Not look bad. That would be fun. It does not look bad. It would look better with a purple lid instead of a white lid. I really I do not mind so. the uniforms, but I think Gene Taylor said lavender will not visit the football team. <laughs> That's a basketball thing, and you know what? Make it a thing. I don't care. I, you know, my guess would be they'll wear a different helmet. They'll do something yet different again for for Rally Day. You do it better. <laughs> yeah, just go roll with it. I noticed on last year's helmet, the the uh, white camo helmets, uh, that there's a big red one, tiny, where the face mask center in the center. The nameplate, yeah, the, the brand name. Yeah, but it was tiny. You couldn't yeah. even. I, I never noticed it. it. Was so small. I could see them making that real big on the front of the helmet. You know, that red and uh, green, which Can, doesn't match anything. But if you're going to do Fort Riley Day, do Fort Riley Day. I want to see Nike come in and just give K State just the Army treatment for, for for a Fort Riley Day, like like uh, the like the Army Navy game. Yeah, oh, I love those uniforms they wear. Oh. Uh, like the ones for the helmets were different. Like, I mean, they change it every year. Yeah, Each one's different. Uh, some of them are good. Some of them are. I didn't know maybe they not so good. Every year. But yeah, yeah, every Army Navy game, one both teams. Navy had different ships on their helmets. Yeah, like, I different hated position that. groups that had stupid. different ships. That was real stupid. How was that legal? Got different helmets. I thought it was strange. I'm sure they get waivers. Well, I mean, who's going to tell Navy they can't do it? Let's just start shelling the bomb the hell out of them. <laughs> okay. Sheesh. Uh, last question of the first half from Contra Cat: Is the delay on naming a new men's ba- new men's basketball assistant actually hurting things? Can you expand on Bruce's coaching tree and why he's decided or dedic- why he is dedicated to that? It's not hurting things anymore because I'm like I'm 99.9% certain the basketball coach is going to be Jermaine Henderson. They're he's, just going to promote. He's, he's been functioning, is it? Yeah. And so that's why it's not necessarily going to hurt him now is because he's out on the road, you know, and it's it's Coach Henderson and everything. You know, people see him as the K-State coach. So recruits know what they're going to get. But when we made a big deal about it hurting the program a few weeks back, that was when we were very unsure, you know. And you don't want to go send a guy out on the road and recruit and you don't know that he's going to be the coach. So anymore, it might not be hurting, well, but just well, promote the Yeah, I don't know. Just announce it. It's it's a little bit weird at this point. Why haven't they announced it? Does he have someone else that's not free till, you know, June 1st or something? I'm not sure. It's, but it seems logical it'll be him. Right. I mean, yeah, the, 
You're not going to get anybody different at this point. I'd be shocked. I'm not crazy about it. Uh, his, his loyalty is remarkable. I mean, he likes to stick within his, his group of known entities, whether players or, or coaches that work for him. But uh, I just think he needs something a little more oomph on the recruiting trail. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he feels very comfortable with this hire, though. That's a good way to say it. Well, that's it for the first half of this week's PowerCat podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Like I mentioned on the other side of this break, we're going to have a little something different. Right, I'm going to talk to Chris Kleiman about football recruiting at Kansas State. And uh, all of us got to speak with him. So right after this break, it's Chris Kleiman on the PowerCat podcast. The PowerCat podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And this week was very interesting for the GPC staff. On Monday, the four of us here at the World Headquarters got to visit with Chris Kleiman in his office at the Veneer Family Football Complex. Kansas State's new football coach fielded questions from D. Scott Fritchin first for some stories and videos going up on the site. And then I sat down with him and talked recruiting, and then Riley Gates closed out the trifecta with some other interesting topics. Here is my discussion with Chris Kleiman about Kansas State football recruiting. And, of course, due to NCAA rules, we can't get into specific players that are unsigned. Ryan Wallace, our recruiting analyst and editor, helped me craft these questions and some of his answers were very interesting. Here we go on the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, Coach Chris Kleiman. As we sit here in the middle of May with you and your staff having been in Manhattan for roughly four or five months, are you pleased with the current state of this first recruiting class and right about where you hoped it would be or slightly off the pace one way or another? Well, when you say the First, the upcoming, the, yeah, the yeah first upcoming, ball. yeah, because really in 2019 we were we were scrambling yeah. in behind the eight ball a little bit, and obviously we're trying to to get ahead in the 2020. Um, we're still probably a little bit behind, in in all honesty, in just how the process goes because um, we've been visiting or in communication with a lot of these 2020 kids. Oh, whether it's been since January or since since last week, where some people probably have been talking to these kids for a year or two because there's 
people in the 2021 and 2022 class are even starting to get mentioned and stuff now. So I feel good in the fact that we've got 10 guys out on the road, uh, busting their tail, evaluating guys, and, and we're coming up with a, a really good plan as far as by position, what we're looking for, how many we have to get at each position. And so, you know, we'll, we'll all reconvene here uh, at the end of May and, and uh, uh, look at uh, our boards and see where we're at. But, uh, you know, obviously you always wish you're further along. That's just the nature of recruiting. And, and I could, we could be talking in November or early December and I'd be saying the same thing. It's just – um, it's so fluid. Recruiting is so fluid, and uh, it, it changes on a daily basis. Um, but uh, I, I know this: we have a staff out there that's that's really doing a great job of evaluating guys and and uh, building our boards. You mentioned the ten guys out recruiting, and naturally, that's the limit you can have out recruiting. Um, but one of the things that probably needed some change when you came in was beefing up that recruiting staff, the support staff. Uh, how have you moved on that so far? Well, for starters, just getting 10 guys out is, is I think, something a little bit new here, yep. um, getting everybody out. And uh, we're still a work in progress as far as you know, beefing up that recruiting staff. We've got some GAs doing some multiple multitasking right now and some quality control guys doing multitasking. And I think we're going to learn – um, and, and, and I know it's going to be one full year of a cycle for us to learn where else we need some more help at. Obviously, we need to get some more help for, for Taylor Bratt, and uh, I think that's coming down uh, in the near future here. Um, but uh, uh, our coaches have to do a great job of, of building these great relationships with these student-athletes and then staying on top of them, uh, as well as myself and, and everybody else that's involved. At this point, you and your staff have been – in touch with a large number of prospects and their parents and and their coaches. What have you found to be the universal strong suit of pitching K-State and K-State football? Uh, Discipline, toughness, character, integrity. I mean, those are the things that uh, are non-negotiable. Those are the things that uh, I think have built Kansas State um, uh, in Bill's time here for sure and have also uh, where I've had really good success at, at North Dakota State is you know, you can you can win with kids that uh, have great in character and great integrity that are really good football players, um, sometimes better than you can a five-star that uh, maybe is more about himself. And, right. and uh, uh, the fact that for us to identify those guys is probably the most important part. And then as well as, you know, our ability to – uh, to make sure that we have the chance to get kids that really want to be at Kansas State. And that's something that's really important to me is, is finding those guys that uh, uh, you don't have to beg to come here, that uh, want to come here and want to be a part of something special. Is there a recruitment in particular that you're kind of proud of? I mean, where you and your staff did a good job, maybe maybe from the 2019 class that you came oh, in Oh, yeah. You know, I don't want to just mention one. I, I think there's a – there's a bunch of them. The, the one thing I, I, I'm a big believer in is not this guy signs four, this guy signs three, this guy signs three. Once they come on campus, we're all involved. And I think that's really important that uh, a running back gets around Van Malone as the defensive back coach. An offensive lineman gets around Tui and, and Buddy as a defensive lineman, uh, as defensive line coach, just because they're, I, I don't want them to just have one relationship with somebody. Uh, that, that sometimes get, gets, gets you hurt a little bit, too, when somebody leaves. Uh, I, I want guys to have great relationships with all of our coaches here. And so uh, that's the thing I probably am most pleased with of the, of the 19 classes. 
the amount of guys we brought in just those last two weekends, uh, how many great relationships were built. And you weren't even talking about the same position or the same area of recruiting. It's probably unreasonable to even talk about the kind of success you had at North Dakota State translating to Kansas State. But to get closer to that, kind of get back into the national title picture, Mm -hmm. which Kansas State's been Mm -hmm. in the past, what positions do you see the most need for immediate recruiting help? Well, I don't know if you'd say position as much as we would say long athletic bodies that can run. And, uh, you know, whether it's a 6'4", 225-pound body that might be 285 in two years or a 6'6", 210-pound body that might be 255 uh, in the next couple of years of just some longer athletic bodies that you don't know. They might be a defensive end. They might be a defensive tackle. They may be a tight end, which will be a big fo- focal point of our of our offense, or it could be an offensive lineman at that, of just finding those uh, longer, uh, big bodies that uh, have great potential to grow. That's interesting you bring that up because it's probably a real similarity with what Bill Snyder attempted to do at Kansas State. And that was at North Dakota State, you probably had to evaluate not for for what they are necessarily, but for what they will be. You're not going to go get the six foot four, 285 pound defensive tackle that can run a four five. Alabama gets those guys. Yep. So is. is projecting seeing a kid for what they can be the most important thing. you bet development you know yeah. it it's it's seeing that young man and saying okay what will he be in in two years that's why it's so hard to evaluate uh, a class in that first year because uh although a lot of younger players are playing more and more uh the bodies that we're talking about usually does take a year or two if you get a defensive back a wide receiver that you know you just six foot 190 pound kid that okay you don't need to be 210 to play that position but when you're uh, a long lean athlete you need to put on some weight and so uh, develop developmental guys are really important I think they're the the lifeblood of a lot of programs um, across uh, the landscape is because a lot of those kids aren't the five-star guys they're the walk-on kids or the three-star guys and and we're going to recruit an awful lot of those type of guys that uh, we believe would fit a culture and fit our system and and that's something we're excited about doing five-star kids i mean obviously they're real gifted there's a reason why they're five stars is that something where you kind of pick your battles you just don't jump into every battle yeah and and i don't get caught up into a lot of rankings probably like i should because you're just so narrow-minded of just i'm looking at these guys and do they fit what we're looking for at this position do they fit what we're looking for at this position and and you guys know it you've probably missed on some guys that you would have said boy this guy's a five-star guy and he never plays well, that, that number 11 that's up there on that wall wasn't any kind of a star uh, in Carson Wentz, uh, but he had competitive fire unlike anybody I've ever seen that would blow a five-star away from, from that respect. Uh, now, he was a six foot six, 190-pound skinny kid that had a rocket for an arm, uh, but nobody knew much about him. But when you watch that young man compete, you're like, this kid's the best player in college football, and I thought he was that year, and I can picking second in the draft he's pretty close to being the best player in college football um you know you're you're just looking for those guys that can develop and you're always looking for those guys that love to compete uh how's recruiting changed for you now that you're at kansas state instead of north dakota state where you're the big dogs in that environment and going out and selling the power cat yeah you know in it has not changed as far as the volume of guys it really hasn't it hasn't uh, people thought, boy, it's going to be a way different way of recruiting. You know, people are, are 
wrong if they think that the schools and FCS don't recruit year-round or that they just wait for everybody else to get taken up and then they, they end up taking a guy. That That's furthest thing from the truth. You start recruiting year-round just like they do at the Power Five, just like they do Group of Five or anything. You're just probably dealing with just more athletes in a in a in a wider wider base. You know, we're 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 throwing a net out. Obviously, Kansas and Missouri are really important to us. We're throwing a net out in Texas. We're throwing a net out now on the West Coast with Tui's ties in Arizona and California, and you're and we're throwing a net out in Florida where we've had some really good success. Whereas at North Dakota State, we were just probably more, really more regional, and then you know we would we would look at uh, the state of Florida. So uh, the volume of guys uh, probably very similar. It's just, and and I think I've noticed this over the last five years. I don't care where you're at. We've evaluated guys three years ago at North Dakota State, saying, "Boy, we have a chance at him." I can't believe he has those offers. And we have a chance to this. I can't believe that kid doesn't have any offers. Right. So I don't think there's an exact science to it at all. Now, you mentioned some of those new areas you've gone into, Los Angeles, Chicago, a little bit St. Louis, Utah, Arizona. Those aren't places K-State has spent a lot of time in. How, how has the message of Kansas State football been received in those areas? You know, really well. Um, and you guys know this better than I, better than I do, but uh, the West Coast at one time was pretty doggone good. Uh, to Kansas State. Um, Florida's probably pretty new to Kansas State, um, but uh, I still think they're l- looking and listening for the brand of football. And um, if it's a tight end, you can sell that to anybody across the land when you just flip a, flip a film on it and say, okay, we're going to utilize tight ends and stuff. And then uh, defensively, you know, I, I really like the things that Coach Hayes is doing, and, and Coach Hazelton and I were with each other at North Dakota State. That's just kind of a different, uh, different type of athlete we're looking for at certain spots. It's been it's been great to uh, be able to just get out there and, and kind of show our brand and show what we're trying to do both sides of the ball uh, to see if we can get guys to come visit here. That's the one thing that I would say Manhattan is pretty similar to Fargo is if you get them here, you have an opportunity. It's still that challenge of come on over to check us out here in Manhattan. We have the same issues in Fargo. You know, Minneapolis was the closest area. Kansas City is the closest area, too, as far as flying into something uh, that you would say be a metropolitan area and then driving over. And um, we're going to continue to pound that pavement and, and just keep uh, trying to sell our brand so we can get more kids to visit. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Well, that will do it for the second segment of this week's PowerCap podcast sponsored by The Fridge. We will be right back on the other side of this brief break with more of the podcast. It's the overtime from the WTC Gig Powered Studios. The gang will return with more of the PowerCap podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. 
The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other Go Powercats sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only Go Powercat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Camp Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion about Kansas State football recruiting with head coach Chris Kleiman. And thanks once again to Ryan Wallace, who provided much of the information and questions. Uh, we plan on having Chris Kleiman on a power chat if we ever get it going. Now I'm going on vacation. I'll do a power chat, like, with a palm tree in Hawaii, and I'll film it. And bring him back to the studio? Yeah, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. But we'll have something cooking here pretty soon uh, as we work through some of the final production details. By the way, did the equipment show up yesterday? No. Ooh. Better, tra better track that stuff. Can't really do a power chat without our equipment, can we? Uh, we'll get it done. I'll be back in a couple weeks. Then we'll pick it up. I don't know. I hope this is good overtime. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Well, we're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. They're pretty good. Our segment sponsors, which we've failed to mention, are Tanners and the High Low. Make sure you get into those two places whenever you're in Aggieville. Uh, it's, uh, it's about summer when Aggieville seems to get slower, but it doesn't really that much. It does, but now all the townies come to Aggieville like, oh, it's safe. <laughs> it's safe. We can go down there. We don't have students everywhere. When they don't bite. They, uh, sometimes. Yeah, they probably have bit before. Yeah, sometimes. So, uh, but now is a good time to get down there if you want to watch a little golf, a little Royals baseball. If you're into that kind of thing, whatever. Get to Tanner's and go down to the high low and have a slice, a massive slice of pizza. Oh, it's so good. Since you guys are both going to be gone. I might just go eat at all of our sponsors and watch golf this week. Nice. Just do a tour. Tour to sponsor. Yeah. You know where I'm going to watch golf this week? At the tournament. Yeah. You brag on that like I'm not going to go to the next one. These boys are he heading out to see some golf live. You betcha. Man. Go follow Tiger around since he's playing in the morning. You should, follow, you should follow John Daly and He's gonna uh, try to keep up cart. with the cart. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to. I'll, I'll make sure I take a picture of the cart. Tiger was just asked about that, by the way, and uh, he said, "Well, I walked on a broken leg." <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think Zach should dress as a Denny's hostess. <laughs> Tiger. He'd probably laugh because he laughed at the yeah. dude with the uh, the DUI mug shot yep. that he had <laughs> on his on the shirt. Yep, <laughs> he looked at. It, he just. <laughs> Started smiling. Well, it's the overtime. You ask anything, we answer probably on the PowerCat podcast from the WTC Gig Powered Studios. Here we go, Zach. From Canelio. I was listening to sports radio out of Oklahoma City last week, and they were discussing the best and worst Big 12 stadiums. They had ours as 8th out of 10, just in front of Memorial Stadium in Lawrence and West Virginia Stadium. What say you three? Ooh, I don't. How did. How did West Virginia's get put below Iowa State's? They should be together 
And They're the same below. stadium. Yeah, they really are the same stadium. Although Iowa State's done some renovations lately, that but they haven't renovated their press box. No, their press box sucks. And, and I, I hate to sound like a media diva, but, but, but there's no suites there we either. We cannot work in there, like functionally work in it's, that place. It's horrible. It's, and then they kick us out. You have like one hour after the game ends to be out of the press box, or they lock you out. Hey, my laptop's in there. It's crazy. It's a it's a weird weird place. Uh, I mean, it's easy to say Oklahoma and Texas and. TCU. I gotta be honest with you. Until Oklahoma, like Oklahoma's is fine. It's not that. It's not that nice. Oklahoma State's okay. I like I like T Boone. Um, I put K State at seven. Yeah, above KU, KU, Iowa State, West Virginia. Yeah, TCU has a really nice, well-designed small stadium. It's really well put together. I would put. Texas Tech and K-State tied. Maybe K-State slightly above. I don't have any problem to that. But that's about the line where it gets drawn for me. You know, folks, K-State Stadium is kind of piecemealed together because it was nothing, and then they added a piece here and a piece there. For me, it really will struggle until they kind of finish off that east side better. Yeah. Make it more presentable, match the other side. That's where people come in. Pull it all together. Maybe put the the deck over on, you know, a, a giant party deck over by Bramlage, which has been talked about for a long, long time. And maybe uh, try to hide Bramlage a little bit and bring out, you know, the Legends Room from Bramlage and incorporate that. I don't know where they are with that. they got a lot of things they're working on, including new practice field and, and indoor practice facility. We'll see what happens there. But I don't totally disagree with it, but I do like K-State Stadium. It's The magic of K-State Stadium isn't when you walk by it or enter it when it's empty. It's on game day and the crowd's so loud. And it, I think that's kind of adds to the magic, the, the intimidation factors because as if you do your walkthrough, you're like, this place isn't that great. And then on game day, you're like, holy crap. The students are really loud and they're right behind the bench. From Contra Cat, talk a bit about the influence of Pat Bosco and any memories you have. What academic programs are expanding on campus? I think that was a second, a second question. Oh, two-part question. Yeah, two-part question. <laughs> Little run, run on there. I mean, I, he's. I I didn't honestly. If I'm, I don't mean to like. Act I didn't like he wasn't him. part. He wasn't around that much for me. Um, he's really good with student recruitment. If if. Kids are coming in and they're actively looking at a number of campuses. They're, what they do with student recruitment and sometimes assisting with students who are having problems uh, has been remarkable. It's, he set a tone for the university as much as Bill Snyder. He's kind of been the campus version of family. And uh, it's, it's amazing that he came here as a student in 1863. Wow. Yeah. Is that confirmed? I'm pretty sure I confirmed it myself. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, uh, you know, stayed on. He never left. He, it's uh, He's an amazing man. He got a plaza named after him. Not a building where people are like, oh, I got to go to Bosco Hall and take a test. He got a plaza. Can we talk about, though, how K-State kind of did him wrong? How long, how long has it been Bosco Plaza? I've I don't even know. I mean, as long as I can remember it. As long as I can remember it, So, whenever they did that, and just last week they put up a sign. There was no sign. We just we just all knew it was Bosco Plaza. Like, no identification whatsoever. 
Come on now. But like they named it and he was around for so long after they named it that like you think it's just a coincidence that it's named. Did they did they think he was gonna retire? Like, like I just want to know the thinking there. Were they like, oh we can Bill Snyder this? Yeah, Bill Snyder <laughs> Bill this. Bill Snyder this. He's good. I, I never really dealt with him when I was a student because honestly I wasn't on campus. I never went to class. I went to the collegian and did went for tests. I mailed it in. I mean, I did that my last semester, but he's a great man. He's a he's an awesome guy, and I'm I'm glad he finally uh, decided to retire. From Powercat Ryan, what is your top K State game experience as a fan and not a media member? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Um, I think I got it. The first like really uh, the the one that I guess I'm always gonna be like remembering is is KU basketball in 08 because I mean every obviously everything that happened but it's like that was the good court storming K-State hasn't had a good court storming like that in a while I mean it's all the same I would argue the second KU game was just as good they filled the floor so fast so fast and then you couldn't move also this was my dad so that was kind of cool but um, and we we're in one of those sections where, like, has the V, and so there's not the steps down the mm, middle on the corner. And we did not know that, so they had to go up, around, and then down an entire flight to get to the floor. So, took a while to get down to the floor, but that would probably be, that would probably be it. Um, Texas football in 06 was a lot of fun, obviously, and. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I've had fun experiences. Don't get me wrong, but nothing that stand out like that. Well, I got to go way back. I mean, I, I was in student media too, so I really haven't had many fan experiences. However, I did go to Hearn Fieldhouse in my junior year of high school. I'd have to look up the year to be honest. But K State and Missouri, I think, were one and two in the country and played. Um, and painted my face, sat with my sister and her friends, and had a great time. And it was so loud in there. It's just. It, it was painful. It, it was so loud. You couldn't shout in the person's ear next to you and have them hear it. That's how loud it was. Uh, so that was fun. And then probably the 82 football season, just watching them earn that first uh, bowl bid and beat Colorado and, and get it done. Uh, I didn't go to the Independence Bowl, which turned out to be a great move because it was cold and raining. And uh, I did go to, as a fan, to the 88. I was working in St. Joe, Missouri. And my boss, one of my bosses said, hey, I'm going to cover the desk for you Saturday. You need to go to Pontiac. So I did show up to watch KU beat K-State in the Elite Eight. That was not one of my better experiences. But it was a fun, fun. I was on the front row. I got hooked up with front row tickets. And I, it was fun because I just, in my life, I haven't had many opportunities to be the fan. Uh, you know, I got to do that at Royals games, World Series games. But you, know, it, you kind of cash it in as a sports journalist. But I thought you went as a media member. You didn't? No, that, was, what? that was the final four he went to as the media member. Oh, okay. The the timeout. Yeah. Gotcha. That was 80. I'm not good with years. Don't ask me. 86? Yeah, I don't know. Beats me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, those would be... You didn't answer. I didn't. No, the, K, <laughs> the the two KU games, I could say, yeah, but I would probably go back to 2002 USC. Um, that's probably one of my earliest, like, good memories of a K-State game. 
um, especially football. I remember a little bit from the 01 season, but really, as far as going to games, I don't remember going, um, you know, in the in the real heyday of, of Snyder uh, 1.0. But that was probably the best the best game memory that I have, probably of a K State football game. That or the uh, the Missouri K State game in 03, where they put Tostitos under everybody's seat. Yeah, I don't think I was there. I don't remember, but I don't think I was got. To, I don't think I got to be there, so I'm sad. Well, very good, sad. They were good chips. Sad. Oh, I, I did have some though, because um, my grand. They did they have them at the Big Twelve title in '03. I I didn't go to that game. Okay, because I'm I'm fairly certain they did. I remember my grandparents bringing back like the little ba- it was like a little yellow bag of Tostitos chips. And I think they got him at the Big 12 title game. Yeah, but OU was going to go to the Sugar Bowl. Well, somebody ran to High V real quick and picked up um, a lot of chips. It's a price chopper. <laughs> price price chopper. chopper. From PowerCat Ryan again. If you could reverse the outcome of one of these games, which would you choose? 98 Big 12 championship yes. game, 2003 Marshall game, where L. Roberson doesn't get injured and remains healthy, or 2012 Baylor. <laughs> I knew Fitz was going to answer right away. 98, that was the best team in the country, man. That was the best. They were going to win a national championship. They would have won a national championship in 12. They would have played Notre Dame. They wouldn't have played Alabama. They would have played Notre Dame, and that Notre Dame team was hot garbage. Yeah, but... Their best player was a linebacker. With an invisible girlfriend. Hey, look, that 12 team was really good, but that 98 team was a beast. Yeah, you don't don't say Marshall because like, no. that, what do you do instead of you go and lose th- two more games after yeah. that? You lose, you're on a three game losing streak and one of the best seasons of K State. And you can, I football. mean, you can argue that you know the injury kind of downward downward spirals that, but I don't think that team goes undefeated. And and if they go undefeated, Oklahoma doesn't overlook them in the Big Twelve title game. That would have been the greatest. Holy crap! Title Can game you of imagine all time. <laughs> if that K State team was undefeated, Thir- playing the greatest football team of all time? Did K State play thirteen games that year, regular season? I was seven. I forget. <laughs> I think they did. I think they played like two one double A teams, and then they played the Eddie Robinson Classic or whatever when they played. Uh, I think that was Cal. eleven game schedules back then, so they would have played twelve. Because I thought it was like the first time a team could go like fifteen and zero. Riley's looking it up. Yeah, I'm typing. Wikipedia page. <laughs> Shut up. Who, who, I want to know who does. Like, There's probably through. some dude. It's probably like one dude for all of sports that has everything like formatted properly and everything. Yeah, you're right. That's 15. They played 15 that year. Played McNeese, UMass, uh, Cal. Troy State and Cal. Oh, okay. Now Troy. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so I was right on the other two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man. They didn't leave. <laughs> they didn't go outside of the state. Well, they went to Kansas City, Missouri. They did not go on a true road game, though, until October 4th. <laughs> Holy crap. See, that's not that bad, but you have to consider that they played, what, six games before that? Five. Five. And they got beat by Texas. Yeah. It'd it have to be 98. That has to be the answer. Although 12 would have been fun because I'll say 2000, I'm older. I'll say 2012 just for the sake of recency. Yeah. I mean, That's I'm, the most recent 
I would have been able closest K State's gotten to anything in it, 20 years. I why 98 significant? They win a national title. What's that do to the program? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Did you ever tough. watch the the YouTube conspiracy video where like an EMP or whatever was used against Michael Bishop and a Another player that led to two fumbles. The the government interfered with <laughs> what with this championship game. I don't no. know if it's still on YouTube, but it was the greatest, stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. As a guy who thinks Elvis didn't die in a bathroom and that JFK was shot by the mafia and that UFOs are real, that's stupid. Fitz is the worst conspiracy. If anybody out there. listening can post on Wabash or tweet us with the link to that video, if you find it, please do, and I will spread it this is gonna this is gonna take off like ask ask the fridge if they have diehard on vhs they do now know the joke they when we went in to get the beer and the wine for the open house one of the managers said what is this diehard on vhs saying you were a blockbuster and he goes oh crap he goes i've been looking for a beer that has vhs in it <laughs> <laughs> the young lady at the counter asked me the same thing and she goes Oh, yeah, we were a Blockbuster before the fridge, but I'm thinking, how old were you when Blockbusters went under? Yeah. I remember that that was a Blockbuster. Anybody should be. <laughs> I had a card to that Blockbuster. <laughs> I was 16. <laughs> From Canelio, before every game kicks off inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium, I have to purchase a hot dog for good luck. Didn't do squat for us last season. Got to <laughs> go do. So, Got to go with something new this season. Brought. What do I purchase now? Brought. Oh no, there's no, one. No, yeah. There's one no, answer. I'm not gonna call you an idiot, okay? I think if you have your superstition and if it's helped in the past, I encourage you to keep to keep doing your superstition. However, they serve Chick Fil A chicken Chick-fil-A. sandwiches now. <laughs> Come on, what are you doing? Go get Chick Fil A. Make that your your pregame tradition or whatever. It's going to work. It's God's food. God's chicken. They're closed on Sundays. They clearly have a relationship with the big man. It's going to help. Go buy you some Chick-fil-A. Eat it. I would tell you to buy beer, but K-State, it's too stubborn. You can go out to a little landing thing or whatever. You can go to your car at halftime and load up. So, yeah, Chick-fil-A, no doubt. If you're not doing Chick-fil-A, I guess... Do they still serve turkey legs? Can you get a big old turkey leg? Those are overrated, but I don't know. I've never had one. I I just know that they sold them, and I was like, huh, one day I might do that. Most underrated thing out there that I don't feel like has ever gotten enough appreciation, excuse me, at Kansas State, the purple kettle corn. Oh. That was delicious. Oh, we'd eat a whole bag of that every game. Awful. We'd get get a bag, too. But it was so bad. So good. The purple dye. It was oh. disgusting. It had like a taste in there. I don't It was like a salty, but there was like, I can't describe what the taste was, but it was food it was good. coloring. It was delicious. Dyes. That's what it was. Brought, I guarantee you people brought, will fight you on this. Goat, brat, mustard only. Eat it. So you're close to your tradition, but you've changed it. A okay. different tubed meat is what your vote is. Yes. Or. <laughs> Really? <laughs> really? Or if they have bison burgers somewhere in the city, meet that. They're 
they're going to have bison everything next year. They should. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope. I have a bison burger. I hope that K-State makes some sort of hat, like the little bison hats that North Dakota State fans wore. I hope they make some sort of hat revolving a wildcat of some sort. Please. With the big pointy ears. Someone in, marketing, ears. someone in marketing or whatever, fan experience, make this happen, please. I don't, I don't have anything more to say. <laughs> Last question of the podcast from Infected Testicle. My job takes me to Amarillo a couple times a week, which gives me regular access to Whataburger. I agree. For fast food, it's good. I almost never go there because there's better non-fast food burgers in Amarillo. What is it you order when you go there? I'm hoping you give me a good reason to eat more Whataburger. Everything. I'm a triple with triple cheese kind of guy, and I don't even want the fries. Fries get in my way. Um, but their patty melt is unbelievable. Let's get the triple and the fat. <laughs> Make that your side. We've done it. I don't want to talk no, about no, it again. No, no. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Well, did some things I wasn't too proud of. Yeah, and it, it tore hurt. me off with a burger for a long time. It hurt. If you haven't had the patty melt, uh, get it. I really like their patty melt. The patty melt's... I think that's like the top. That's got to be the number one, like the pride and joy. Yeah. But I but mean, I recognize what he's saying. That it's a fast food joint. I mean, you totally. Can't, you can't compare it to other non-fast food joints. But it's a place you go in and order and get your food in a couple minutes and and uh, feel ashamed of what you just did to your body, and then you drive home. If you like spicy stuff, you can get the Monterey Melt. I'm not a big spicy guy, so I didn't care for it, but I knew it would be good. And the honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich is surprisingly amazing. That's what I suggest anybody if you're not going to get a Whataburger, which I'll do half the time. But those those four main favorites, which I need to look up. Patty Melt, Patty Melt, Patty Melt, uh, Honey honey Barbecue Chicken Strip Sandwich, and then uh, Bacon, the Bacon, uh, what is it called? A1 Bacon Burger or something like that. And then the fourth one is a is it a chicken sandwich? No, it's all burgers. Um, I'm blanking. If you're there in the morning, though, well, this here says Monterey Melt. Okay, yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah. it's Monterey Melt. There's the sweet and spicy bacon burger. There's listening six of them here. And then the patty melt. They've got a chop house cheddar burger, which I don't think is one of the main four. And then the green chili double, which isn't one of Sounds the Sounds like either, something you but... get in like San Antonio Whataburgers. Yeah. So my answer is patty melt. If you go want to go for breakfast, go get you a honey butter chicken biscuit. Actually, get you two of them. They're good. 17 of them. Doesn't seem. I actually did not enjoy that. The honey butter bacon chicken. You didn't like it? Buster. I think I've only had butt. one and was underwhelmed. Yeah. Also, if you can order breakfast at Whataburger, that means you can also order the entire menu. You can? Yeah. I'm confused. They serve breakfast from 11 to 11. Why can't fast food places all get on the same page? We're either going to serve the breakfast all day or we're going to serve it from, you know, certain time to certain time. And we're going to make those times the same. Sonic's out here letting me get a breakfast burrito at 4 p.m. if I want it. But McDonald's, I can't get donut sticks at 8 p.m. And it's a delicious snack. So, But you can get them a griddle now. Get on the same page. And if I can get, but if I can get a McGriddle all day, why can't I get a cheeseburger for, for breakfast? This is one They're of the most important rants. That, I think. Do it. I'm still mad about it to this day. I think that McDonald's recently said, yeah, we're going to start doing some burgers. Important stuff. That'll put them at the top of the list. Important stuff right there. That, that was good. 
That's good rant. Yeah. How to get a rant in somewhere. It seems like we only did two segments because we were snuck that interview in the second segment. See, technically, Zach and I only did do two segments because we didn't talk in that second segment. Yeah, that's true. You were outstanding. You made no mistakes in that segment. Um, I am perfect. That's it for the Pyrocat podcast this week. Zach is uh, off to see golf. Riley is off to see himself in the mirror because he is perfect. And I am off to Hawaii. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate the Bridge Wholesale Liquor, Tanners, and the High Low. And, of course, we'll be back probably not next week, but here in the near future from the WTC Gig Powered Studios in downtown Manhattan. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.